In today's shiur, we will discuss a topic closely connected to our previous discussion of Hashgacha Pratit, which is the Midah of Bitachon, of trust in God. The Gra is quoted as saying that Bitachon, trust in God, is the purpose of the entire Torah. The end goal of all of our Torah observance is to learn this characteristic of trust in God. While not all Jewish thinkers emphasize the importance of Bitachon, to the best of my knowledge, I have not found, for example, where the Rambam emphasizes the particular importance of Bitachon, but many, many psukim throughout Tanakh many of which we are familiar with from the daily davening, command us to have faith in Hashem, to trust in Hashem. Some of the psukim we say every day in our davening. What does it mean to trust in God? The We discussed in our past few shirim, the question of the extent and nature of Hashem's Hashkacha Pratit, of His divine providence in our lives. One theory held that everything that happens is purely a function of Hashkacha Pratit, in which case it would seem very logical that we should place our trust in Hashem. Another theory, the last one we discussed, held that Hashem's divine providence was always with us, but worked in consonance with Hishtadlot, with our own actions and efforts through the natural order. In which case, at least if we do our part and work through the natural order, then we should, there should be a logical conclusion. This should lead to a logical conclusion that we should trust in Hashem to fulfill His part of the bargain. The first theory we learned, that of the Rambam, the Ramban, and probably most Rishonim, held that God's divine providence only applied to an individual to the extent that that individual is worthy of it. But in that case, at the very least, the worthy individuals should place their trust in Hashem. The question is, what does it mean to place one's trust in Hashem? Because Bitachon seems to be not only a philosophical idea that God runs the world. Bitochon means I trust in God. What does it mean I trust in God? Not that I believe in some abstract philosophical notion that God has X and Y powers and uses them in the fashions A and B. But that I trust in God to come through for me. I trust someone to do something for me. That's what trust means. Otherwise, it's just an abstract belief. You know, I believe that elephants are immensely powerful. But I don't trust any of them to do my work for me every day. I don't personally have a trained elephant. I might believe that uh, some... I might believe Bill Gates is an amazing genius in business. But I don't trust him to make money for me because we have no personal relationship. Trust means that I expect someone to come through for me because of our personal relationship. So trust in God means then not just that I have an abstract notion that God runs the world 
but that I trust in Hashem to come through for me. We, uh, we see this in our everyday lives. Once in a while, you meet someone and you ask, how are you going to make it through? How are you going to manage without resources, without money, in this difficult situation, facing a crisis? says, I trust that God will help. The question is, what is the nature of this trust? And in fact, is this a Jewish value? The Chazan Ish has a famous, in some circles, infamous essay about this. There's a little safer, worth its weight in gold, called Emunah Ubitachon, from the Chazan Ish, which has a number of chapters which discuss basic philosophical and Musar ideas. The second chapter of which discusses the, na- discusses the nature of Bitachon. And the Chazanish begins, Many people in the Chazanish's community have made a terrible mistake. He says, people have made a tremendous mistake. This midah of bitachon, which in fact is a wonderful and amazing quality, a cornerstone of piety, from the t- perspective of Torah philosophy, has somehow morphed into this silly belief that people have that any time we face a crossroads in life, someone could be healed of a terrible illness or chas v'shalom succumb. Someone could keep his job or chas v'shalom lose his job. Something good could happen or something bad could happen. Any time we face such a crossroads, he says, people think we're supposed to believe that Hashem will come through for us, and that the good result will ensue, that our hopes will be realized. And these foolish people think, says the Chazanish, that if we're worried, if someone has cancer, and we're worried whether our loved one will live or die, if we're not sure how we're going to pay the rent, and we're worried as to whether we'll pay the rent or not, whether we'll be able to fulfill, meet our monthly expenses or not, that is a lack of bitachon. This is the popular version of bitachon prevalent in the from community. Bitachon means that God will come through for me. And anyone who doesn't believe God will come through for them is lacking in this midah of bitachon. This Midah of Bitachon, which the Chazanish accuses of being a mistake and a falsified misunderstanding, uh, can be found, perhaps the greatest example of this Bitachon, is the Navardic school of Musser, which I believe was in its heyday between the wars in Europe, between World War I and World War II, that is, in Europe, Rav, Yo- Rav Yosef Yosel of Navardik, in his Sefer Meet Madregat Ha'adam, where he discusses the basics of his approach to Musser, has an essay called Darke Habitachon, when he explains that someone who really has Bitachon feels the same in all circumstances. Whether he is safe and secure at home, or whether he's in the middle of a war zone with bullets whizzing by his head, in all cases, he says, 
כי ימצא את עצמו כל כך חזק בביטחונו שיהיו כל צרכיו מובטחים לו. He says, after all, someone with real bitachon knows that it's no harder for God to save you from the middle of a battlefield with, buzzi- with bullets whizzing by your head than it is for God to save you when you cross the street on a regular morning. <laughs> Whatever God wants, he can do. And therefore, he adds, someone with true bitachon always feels that everything you need is guaranteed. V'yasig kol asher yachpotz, and you will get whatever you want, v'chol hamekomot, v'chol hazmanim, in any time and any place. Okay, whether through the natural human human realm or whether via supernatural means, he says bitachon means that I always believe and trust that God will come through for me and give me whatever I want and need. He even tells a story, which his students understand. He tells a story about a an anonymous chassid. Chassid meaning pious one. And his students have a tradition that he was actually referring to himself. He was just too humble to mention that. that there was once, uh, once someone who was learning at night, who was learning and night fell and he didn't have a candle. And he said, I trust that Hashem will bring me a candle. And all of a sudden someone knocked on his door gave him a candle and wordlessly left. Doubtless that was Eliyahu, Navi, or some such uh, heavenly visitor. But bitachon means you will get what you want. In the Navardic school of Musr, they actually trained themselves in the Midah of bitachon uh, through all kinds of exercises. They uh, you know, go out to the forest without any provisions. They would uh, get on a train without a ticket. And in those days, you got on a train without a ticket and you were Yeshiva Bacher. You didn't get in trouble with the law. You probably got killed. Um, they didn't worry. They said, we have faith in God. God will come through for us. And they trained themselves to believe that whatever the circumstances, God would come through for them. This, says the Chazan Ish, this version of Bitachon, practiced by the Navardic Muster School, says the Chazan Ish, is a terrible mistake. Is a bastardization of the truly sublime idea of bitachon, which forms a cornerstone of avodat Hashem, of our service of God. Why is this such a terrible mistake, that says the Chazanish? I think the answer is clear to all of us. In our previous discussion of the problem of theodicy, of Tzadik Varalo, we noted that in the real world, not everyone gets what we think they deserve from Hashem. We have many different philosophical explanations as to why exactly sometimes a righteous person might suffer in this world. And Hashem might not reward them in the fashion in which we might, we might expect. So we know, says the Chazanish, that this notion is a mistake. Chazanish says this is a terrible mistake. Who knows Hashem's ways? the way he rewards and punishes, the way he runs the world. Hashem runs the world in a complex fashion. He doesn't always do exactly what we want him to do. He does exactly what he wants to do for complex and hidden reasons, which we do not necessarily have access to. And once the Chazanish said it, says it, this sounds almost obvious. Of course, Bitochem cannot mean that whatever I want, I trust Hashem will give me. 
Am I in charge or is God in charge? What right do I have to say I have faith that God will give me X, Y, and Z? You know, I want, what do I want? I want to get a job in this particular law firm and I have faith that God will give it to me. Who says I get to run the world? Maybe in God's divine plan, he doesn't want me to have that job. Maybe, chas v'shalom, for some reason, he doesn't want me to have any job and he wants me to be poor. Or maybe he doesn't want me to have that job because he has a better job in store for me. Or maybe, who knows, he doesn't want me to have that job because, you know, some terrible explosion will occur in the premises and he wants to save me from that fate. We never know exactly all the complex reasons why God runs the world the way he does. But clearly, he does a better job of it than you or I would. So the Chazanish says... Why would anyone be foolish enough to think that bitachon means God will give you what you want? Who are you to tell God how he should run the world? Not to mention the fact that, as many Mepharshim point out, not all of us are complete tzaddikim. Some of us are completely righteous, or at least very, very righteous. But uh, some of us are benonim, are, you know, mediocre, perhaps some even worse than that. So why should we think that we can have faith in God to fulfill our needs if we don't necessarily deserve that? And even if we do deserve it, God runs the world in his own complex fashion, and we don't always know what is the right thing to do from the divine perspective. So, says the Chazanish, it can't be that bitachon means I trust in God to give me what I want. As Vyazal and Vardiker says, kol asher yachpotz, whatever I want. No. Then what does bitachon mean? Asked the Chazanish. And here, if we start with the Chazanish's assumption that obviously bitachon cannot mean that God will do whatever I want, then what does bitachon mean? If there is such thing as tzaddik viralo, if sometimes the righteous suffer, and sometimes we're not all entirely righteous. So we don't know what God has in store for us in his divine plan. Then what does bitachon mean? So, I think there are three logical theories found in the various Jewish philosophers that tell us what bitachon means. One theory is that of the Chazanish himself. Now, the Chazanish's theory is quite logical, perhaps a bit, a bit, a bit harsh. I can't imagine it becoming terribly popular. Chazanish says, He says, What does bitachon mean? Not that God will do what I want. Not that I have faith that God will do what I think is good. Bitochon means that God will do what God wants. That Hashem will do what He thinks is good. Not necessarily good for me in the here and now. Good for the world in His grand scheme of things. In some complex fashion. The Chazanish says, what does Bitochon mean? Not that I know if Chas v'shalom someone is sick. Not that they know they'll get better. If Chas V'Shalom someone is in financial crisis, not that they know they'll find relief in that crisis. A Boteach thinks that he might get better or he might succumb to his illness and die. A Boteach believes that he might become rich, but he might remain terribly poor. So then what does the Boteach believe? The Boteach believes 
that whatever happens, happens because it is the best thing in God's divine plan for reasons inaccessible to human logic. He says, a boteach doesn't have faith that he'll be saved from suffering or trouble. A boteach in the midst of a battlefield with bullets whizzing by his head does not believe he will be saved. Rather, what the boteach believes is that whatever happens will happen because God wants it to happen, because God considers it the best result in his divine scheme. Therefore, a boteach is no more nervous in a foxhole than crossing the street on a regular Tuesday morning. Because either way, he knows that he might live or he might die, that he might be saved or he might suffer. But what he does know and firmly believes is that if he lives, he doesn't live stam because. He lives because that's what God decided. And if he dies, then he doesn't die stam just because. He dies because God decided that would be the proper thing to happen in accordance with the divine plan. So, a boteach, according to the Chazanish, never worries. He's never stressed. It doesn't matter to him whether he is in terrible danger or safe and secure. Because either way, not because either way he knows he'll be okay. Because either way, whatever happens will happen. The Chazanish obviously agreeing here with the Mechtam Eliyahu that everything that happens is a result of divine providence. Therefore, the Chazanish says, of course Bitachon does give its holder psychological strength and respite. As he says, doesn't mean I'm strong and I'm steadfast because I know God will save me. It means I'm strong and I'm steadfast because I know that God could save me or could not based on his own considerations about what's best for the world. And that no matter what happens around me, doesn't make it any more difficult for God to do whatever he wishes and therefore he might save me if he wants to and if not he has a good reason for not doing so that is the psychological strength of a boteach of someone who places his trust in God this opinion of the Chazanish is philosophically very attractive I trust in God to do what God considers best. Practically, you might understand that this never became a very popular approach. After all, you try telling people, oh, just have faith in God, and, you know, he might help you or he might not, depending on, uh, you know, depending on his own considerations. Uh, Philosophically very attractive, but it's not going to get a lot of people. Uh, It's only going to get the philosophically sophisticated people to, uh, you know, give up all of their worldly perks and devote themselves to selfless service of Hashem their whole lives. It's probably not going to be very effective at convincing the masses, you know, to uh, drop out of the job market and uh, live the kolel lifestyle. Um, now, the Chazanish probably was himself not terribly concerned about convincing the masses. He was concerned about figuring out the truth. 
as was the, uh, and the Chazanish actually was famous, both in Hashkafa and Halacha, for not terribly caring that much what anyone else would think about what he said, but for trying to find the truth of the Torah um, to the best of his ability. That's one of the things that makes the Chazanish uh, unique, his independence. However, in later generations, the uh, contemporary uh, books published in the Jewish world tend to downplay this Chazanish. You know, I read in one contemporary Sefer two explanations as to why the Chazanish, of course, didn't mean this. Either he only said this when he was young and changed his mind, or he only meant this, you know, for some people, but not, uh, but for most people, he meant that God would give you exactly what you wanted. It's a little hard to, uh, to swallow, but we see that the Chazanish's approach, approach, while philosophically very attractive, might not be satisfying, might not be terribly satisfying to those who just want to be rich and healthy and happy, um, and would like a guarantee thereof. Um, and therefore, it never really became terribly popular in the uh, in the contemporary Jewish community. In addition, you know, in addition to not being popular, the question is: Is the Chazanish's approach pshat? The simple pshat. You know, it's very hard to prove what the simple pshat of anything is. The simple meaning of all the psukim and say for Mishle and other parts uh, and, and Tehillim and other parts of the Tanakh, just talk about having faith and trusting in God. Simple meaning does sound like we trust in God to do what's good for us, not to do what's bad for us, for some good other reason that He has. So that leads us to ask: Are there other options? Are there other logical ways to understand the nature of bitachon? besides that of the Chazanish. So, Rabbeinu Yonah, in his commentary to Sefer Mishle, Paragimel Pasuk Chavav, gives us two other valid explanations. Rabbeinu Yonah says, Bitochon means that God will reward us for our righteousness and do what's good for us. That we will be happy that we will have good lives, that God will come through for us. However, Benyon is bothered by the problem of Tzadik Varalo, that sometimes the righteous suffer in this world, for various other reasons, which we have discussed in a previous year. So Benyon says very simply, he says, Bitachon is like, like a worker who works for the king, and trusts the king 100 million percent that the king will pay his salary. Therefore, he works happily, diligently, like we fulfill the mitzvah of the Torah with joy because we trust 100% that God will reward us for that and that we will have a good life. However, we know it doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. So Rabbi answer is, it is not that simple in this world. But in the next world it is. And he says, Once you have faith, it won't for certain receive a proper reward. Hashem will reward you with good. And if maybe, as happens sometimes, God will rebuke us, He will punish us in this world. That's only for your own good, because you will receive more reward in the next world. Says this world is nothing, it's the next world. 
That's worth something. This world is ephemeral. The next world is eternal. Ultimately, who really cares about this world? If you look at the broad picture. So Rabbi Yonah says, yes. Bitochon means we trust that Hashem will give us a good life. He might do it in this world, but we're sure he will do it in the next world. And therefore, Rabbi Yonah says, the Ikar Bitochon is exactly like everyone mistakenly thinks that Hashem will give us a good life. They only made one mistake. They think this world is so simple. No, this world is complex. It's only the next world, which is quite that simple. In Olam Haba, there, there's no, no ifs, ands, or buts, no fine print, no exceptions. The righteous will receive an everlasting, supernal reward. It's that simple. And that's a bitachon that we can all relate to. However, Ben Yona then adds another possibility. He says, what about this world? He says, After the righteous person knows that his reward is saved up from the next world, You know, one can hope to receive the fruits of one's labor, to receive reward in this world as well. He says, you can't really be boteach. You can't be sure of this. We can't be sure that we'll be rewarded in this world. But we can hope that we will. And this hope is related to, flows from the assurance that we have that we will be rewarded in the next world. We can also call this hope bitachon. says, even though we're not sure God will reward us in this world, we just think so, we can call this bitachon as well. Because since we're sure God will reward us in the next world, and... As we say, right? The principle lasts for Olam Haba. The interest we sometimes are fortunate enough to be able to eat in this world. So he says, since our hope that will be word in this world is related to and stems from our 100% certainty that will be rewarded in the next world, we can also call it bitachon, since it is part of this general framework. So Rabbeinu Yonah then has two assumptions, two interpretations, rather, about the nature of bitachon. Right? If we start with the mistaken idea that the Chazan Ish attacks, which is that, A, we are sure, B, that God will give us what we want, see in this world. Chazanish says, we can't go that far. One of these assumptions must be mistaken. But which of these assumptions is mistaken? This gives rise to three other possibilities. A. Maybe. Bitachon is about God giving us what we want in this world. But as Rabbeinu Yonah says in his second interpretation, but we're not sure, we just hope and pray and look to God? Or B, like the Chazanish says, we are sure that in this world, God will do what's good, but what's good for him and the world, and not necessarily what we want and what seems to be good for us. Or C, Rabbi first interpretation, we are sure God will give us a good life. But the only place where reward and punishment operates so simply is the next world. We are sure God will give us a good life 
in the next world. So we have then three approaches other than the Navardic approach to um, understanding the Midah of Bitachon. A, uh, another possible approach which the Chazan Ish and others make reference to is that there are some circumstances where we can be sure that God will give us what we want in this world. What circumstances are those? Chazanish tells us circumstances of prophecy. When a Navi, when a prophet, nowadays prophecy is not terribly common, but when a prophet tells us what will happen, then, of course, we are expected to have bitachon and believe in that particular prophecy. Chazanish even goes so far as to say there may be a Ruach HaKodesh, some sort of divine spirit, which is a bit short of prophecy, but which could also inspire someone to believe that God has communicated to them that their wishes or desires will be fulfilled. But in lieu of that, it's hard for us to be sure that God will give us exactly what we think He should give us in this world. These approaches are also found in Rabbeinu Avram ben Harambam, the Rambam's son, Rabbeinu Avraham, was a great Jewish philosopher who wrote a sefer called Hamaspik Lovdei Hashem. Okay, a bit of an ambitiously titled book. All that's necessary for service of God. And in it he says there are four levels of bitachon. One level of bitachon, his first level sounds like the second shot of Rabbeinu Yonah. To hope that God will save us in this world. And to put our hope in God. The second level is to not only hope in God, but to pray to Him as well. That's something we all try to do in our everyday lives. Hope to God, believe that He can save us if He so desires, and daven to Him with all our hearts. The third level is someone who knows that God will give them what they want. But he says, unlike the Navardikers, this third level only applies to someone who's received a nevuah, a prophecy, telling them that God will give them what they want. And the fourth level sounds very much like the Chazanish. The fourth level is to stop wanting. Right? Perhaps he takes the Chazanish one step further in the direction of complete Stoicism. says the fourth and highest level is, like the Chazanish says, to not decide what you think God should do, but to just say, God runs the world, whatever he does is for the best, and I will happily accept it. And I don't worry, not because I know I'll get what I want, but because I know that God has a reason for everything he does, and therefore, although I may suffer, that's not a cause for worry, because God only makes people suffer if he has a good reason for doing so. Uh, to return, though, before we finish, uh, we've seen, I guess we can uh, recast now, the Chazanish's critique on the Navardikers by means of four assumptions. The Navardikers assume A, that we are sure, B, that God will give us what we want, and a good life, C, in this world, D, even though he hasn't told us so explicitly through means of prophecy. The four alternatives to the Navardikers are either that we hope and pray that God will give us a good life in this world, or that we trust that God will do what he thinks is best for us in this world, or that we trust that God will reward us in the next world, or, although this is an explanation that would not apply to 
our everyday life nowadays, that when a, a, a Navi tells us what will happen, we trust in the truth of prophecy and believe that Hashem will fulfill that prophecy. I think we should return, though, to the issue of uh, the Navardikers. What the Chazanish calls a mistake. I'm personally partial to the Chazanish. I believe it's a mistake as well. But they were obviously thinking something. You know, there's a difference between a mistake and stupidity. Right? Perhaps the Navardikers are mistaken. Perhaps it is not the proper way to relate to God. But obviously there's a logic to what they were saying. What's the logic? Why would someone believe that if they trusted in Hashem, Hashem would give them what they want? What about Sadiq Varela? What about the fact that sometimes Hashem has reasons for giving people other than what they want? What about, and what about the fact that we're not all righteous enough to expect everything we want from Hashem? So, the Chovat Halvavot, Rabbi Yono also seems to imply this, says explicitly, in Shar Dalid, his discussion of Bitachon, he seems to take an approach that says, and we're really a faith that Hashem will come through for us, but he says, you need five prerequisites to have Bitachon. The fourth of which, he says, Says, of course, you have to try the hardest you possibly can to keep the Torah. No one has the right to be tochun if they do have a rote. They violate the Torah. What right do they have to expect anything from God? Of course, be tochun is only for the great tzaddikim, for those who are 100%, perhaps not 100% results, but at least 100% efforts in keeping the entire Torah and doing every mitzvah and refraining from every avirah. But a regular guy in the street who doesn't put all his effort and whose entire purpose in life is not service of Hashem has no right to have bitachon. However, there are those who disagree. Rabbi Yonah in Mishle suggests that there is a source for bitachon. Again, he doesn't think anything's guaranteed, even if one is not a complete tzaddik. And that is Rov Rachamav to trust and have faith in God's mercy. God is not only a judge, God acts not only with the attribute of justice, but with the attribute of mercy. And perhaps somehow, with bitachon, if we really trust in God, you know, if your kid really trusts in you, you're more likely to just be nice and help them out out of your mercy, out of your love for your kids. So, out of God's love for us, he's more likely to be merciful if we place our trust in him and turn to him, perhaps we can trust in Hashem's rachamim. So then we have two theories as to why we think God would come through for us. One, the Chobot al-Avavot, only if we are complete tzaddik, only to the extent that we deserve. Two, Rabbi Yonah adds, perhaps we also have a little bit of a faith in God's mercy. Of course, God is only merciful at times. He's not always merciful, or at least not in a way that is obviously apparent to us. Not in this world, not in Olam Hazeh. But we nonetheless trust that perhaps Hashem will be merciful. The most radical approach, though, is quoted by the Chafetz Chaim in a small pamphlet called Nefutzot Yisrael in the 8th chapter in the name of the Vilna Gon. It says the Vilna Gon disagreed with the approach of Chovat Halvavot who said, Bitachon is for the righteous who believe they will be rewarded for their righteousness. He says, Rabbim Machovim L'Rasha says the Basok, V'Avotech Hashem Chesed Yovavenu. The evil suffer, but those who have faith in God will receive grace from Hashem. 
And he says, it doesn't mean the evil suffer, but on the other hand, other people who have faith in God will receive kindness and grace from Hashem. It means the evil suffer, but if those evil people have faith in Hashem, then they will succeed. I have heard a tradition in the name of the Grah that even a bank robber who really has faith in Hashem and says, Hashem, I want to rob this bank. Hashem will help me. Hashem will help him rob the bank if he really has faith in Hashem. One's moral spiritual status is not a prerequisite to having faith. Apparently, if this tradition is correct, according to the Vilna Gon, the importance and centrality of Bitochon is so great that Bitochon is its own reward. One who has faith in Hashem, the merit of the faith itself is enough to guarantee that God will come through for you and do what you want. Perhaps this is the source of the Navardiker approach. After all, sometimes the righteous suffer. Why do I think that just because I have faith in Hashem, Hashem will come through for me? Ah, the righteous suffer if they're just righteous. But someone who has faith in God is even greater than someone who's righteous. Someone who has faith in God is fulfilling the core goal of human existence. Therefore, can expect Hashem to come through for them. Okay, this is perhaps a big pill for us to swallow, but has potentially some logic behind it. So to summarize then, we've seen three reasons one may have faith in God. If faith means that Hashem will be good to me, either because I deserve it, in which case I better be at tzaddik first, or because I hope that Hashem will have mercy, or because bitachon, faith, is so great that it becomes its own reward, and one who has faith ipso facto deserves to have that faith realized. And we've seen five definitions of what bitachon means. One, the Vardikers say that God will always come through for me in this world, or everyone seems to admit, if God gives me a prophecy that he will reward me, then I trust he will fulfill that prophecy in this world. And the three more reasonable approaches we've noticed are A, the Chazanish. God will do what God wants in this world, and I needn't worry because everything is for the best, although it may not be for the best for me right here and now. B, Yona. The real meaning of faith is that in the next world God will reward me. Or, Rabbi Yonah's second approach, and Rabbi Ram ben Raman's first two, that I may not know, but I hope and turn and daven to Hashem for what I want. Because I know that He can save me, and therefore I turn to Him in my time of need. I think no matter what your philosophy is about Tashgachah Pratid, about divine providence, about the way God runs the world, everyone agrees that Hashem can save me if He so desires, that Hashem is powerful enough that He might not always get involved in the world. Perhaps sometimes He leaves things through to the natural order, but He's always there for me in potential, and He could always save me, certainly if I do tshuva and work hard to keep the Torah and make myself deserving of divine grace. And therefore, I think the most practical element of bitachon which can be relevant for anyone in any time and place, is that no matter how great the crisis I find myself in, or no matter how safe and secure I believe myself to be, I always remember that God runs the world, and that in addition to working through the natural order, I turn to Hashem, and I put my faith and trust in the fact that I hope that he will aid me in all my endeavors and when I'm in trouble I dive into Hashem and ask Him to save me I am not 
chutzpedek. I am not audacious enough to think that I can tell God what to do, but I do believe that God, in His infinite mercy, will perhaps go the extra mile, certainly wants to, in His heart of hearts, as it were, loves His children, His creations, wants to help me if that is allowable within the confines of the divine plan and his complex wisdom. Therefore, I turn to him in time of need. In this way, Bitachon not only gives me the psychological strength and steadfastness to persevere through the crises, but allows any crisis to become an opportunity to grow closer to Hashem and to improve my relationship with him and then, regardless of whether or not he gives me exactly what I want in every time and place in this world, I have succeeded in becoming closer to Hashem, becoming more godly and spiritual, which is ultimately the most important thing that could happen to me in this world.